the women of ill repute with your hosts, Wendy Mesley and Maureen Holloway. Everybody loves a drag queen, <laughs> or at least they used to. A little bit of show voice there, which it was fun. Yeah, but the, at least they used to. It's so true, Maureen. Like, maybe not everyone loves a drag queen anymore. You, you, there's a RuPaul, the drag race show, uh, performers like Dame Edna, shows like Kinky Boots, Hairspray. They made a real difference. I thought we were getting somewhere. Well, I thought, well, you know, it goes back. Uh, drag is not a, like the, the ballet trocadero, the, uh, you know, the men who dance and, and uh, some like it hot, the movie. Mrs. Doubtfire. That was Tootsie. That Tootsie with Dustin Hoffman. Uh, Rocky Horror, Rocky Horror Picture Show. And uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Have you seen that? Uh, I haven't seen that, but I'm I'm familiar with what it is. Oh, it's just it's so good. Um, I did a couple of shows with drag queens. I'm not. I wasn't with them. I was emceeing an event, and they were the the uh, the the entertainment. And drag queens are consummate performers. I mean, they 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 look amazing. They tell me a lot about makeup. I can tell you that. Yeah, but you know what? These are really, uh, they're dark times for drag queens um, and the trans community in general. Anyone who identifies as queer or people who want to support people who are identify as queer. Uh, there are legislative bans uh, against drag people in the U.S. right now. I think in Tennessee in particular. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's not just the U.S. Uh, here in Canada, people have been protesting drag queen story hours, you know, the, where drag queens read to kids in libraries. To sp- and the whole point is to spread uh, messages of, of inclusiveness and acceptance. Yeah, so it's part of a, of a way bigger problem, um, a growing lack of tolerance. Um, and that's why we're really happy to speak to Scarlett Bobo. I don't know how she's going to show up, whether she's... I don't know. Scarlett, Scarlett is a drag performer, uh, born Matthew Cameron, originally from Ottawa, and and uh, Scarlett has been working to pass a provincial bill supported by the NDP uh, here in Ontario that would prohibit acts of violence and intimidation near drag venues, which seems to be such like obvious, but apparently a bill needs to be passed. So Scarlett, she was also a top three finalist on season one of Canada's Drag Race, kind of a big deal. She helped create uh, Absolute uh, Absolute Vodka's, their Empire Ball, Toronto's most inclusive drag competition, kind of a cool thing. So many questions. So um, Matthew has moved to L.A. This is, uh, I guess, Scarlett's alter ego. We'll find out which one is dominant. But uh, just before we get to Scarlett, I put our names in the drag queen uh, generator, uh, drag oh. queen name generator. Oh, yours oh, is. Dear. This is old. Is this old timey? Uh, yeah. So it's just completely random. So I'm now known as a drag queen. My name would be Ophelia Macaroon. Ophelia Macaroon. Well, that's well, that's not too bad. It's. <laughs> do I don't know what yours gonna is. Make a big career out of that. What am I? You are Felicia LePew. Bye bye. And hello to Scarlett Bobo. So I was just going to say, you're a very cute man. At what <laughs> point did you say, yeah, you know, you are. At what, so at what point did you say, wow, I'd be, I could be, I'd be a stunning woman? Oh, you know, it was, it was Halloween. I was like 16 because I was uh, going out to the clubs underage. Cause I guess that's what you do when you're 16 and gay and living in Ottawa. And so then my mom she said to me, the first day I came home after going to a gay bar, 
out for the fake ID. She was waiting for me and she was like, I will never forgive you for this. I said, what? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. She went, you went to your first gay bar without me. <laughs> and she was so mad at me. <laughs> and uh, so she put me in drag. So I guess my mom is my real drag mom. Uh, she she made me a slutty nurse for Halloween. She was Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> and we went out to the club. And then everyone was like, you look so good. You look so good. And I really didn't. Like, I was like, totally busted. <laughs> But everyone was like, oh my God, you look so good. You should try drag sometime. Like you should do this, like, you know, you should do a show. And I said, oh yeah, maybe I'll try it out. And I did. And I just, and then I loved it. I loved the attention. <laughs> I loved, uh, I loved like just dressing up and just being so glamorous and, you know, dancing around to like my favorite song on stage with all my friends around. It was, it was fun. And then it got like addicting. And I was like, oh, I could do this all the time. So when did you become, I don't know if we're launching into the whole thing right now, but I want to know, when did you become Scarlet Bobo? Like, when did, when did you start doing that? That started probably quickly after I started doing drag. So I did drag when I was like 16. So uh, yeah, around 16, I was turning 17 because uh, it was Halloween. And then I did a show and I had one of the Bobos paint me for the first time. So then they were like, well... And Tenora Bobo was my drag mother, and she wanted a drag daughter so bad. And Jeanette Bobo, who was like, rest in peace, who is the head of the Bobos, like she started the whole Bobo family like 40 years ago. And she said, no, I don't want any more like Bobos running around. And she said, yeah, she's like, no more. These are too much. And she said, please, please, just me. And then I came around and... uh I'm the most popular too. And the most pretty. I don't want any more children. <laughs> but then, then yeah, then they're like, well, Bobo's going to be your last name. So what is going to be your first name? And then Bobo's like Bobo the Clown. It's funny. It's silly. I mean, stupid in Spanish. Um, and then Scarlett's kind of was like the sexy, like I thought Scarlett Johansson, Scarlett O'Hara, you know, Scarlett Letter, like just color red. And then it kind of just came to be. And then it was, then it just, Someone said Scarlet Bobo, and I said, yep, that's it. Oh, and there you be. Yeah, yeah. we were wondering how mm-hmm. you were going to show up. Would, would you be like Scarlet with the, the wig and the lashes and the whatever? Um, and, but you're kind of beautiful this way, too. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that's the evening, Scarlet. So, so Wendy and I were talking about, we've worked with, with, uh, with drag shows. I've emceed events where the entertainment's been drag reviews. And back in the olden days, and I'm not, I'm only talking about maybe 10, 20 years ago, drag queens were called female impersonators. And they almost, I mean, I'm, I'm just preaching to the choir here, but there was always a Tina Turner. There was a Barbara Streisand. There was a Dolly Parton any of these women, but now I feel from, I think certainly from watching RuPaul's drag race and so on that they're, you create your own persona. Now you, a unique persona. How is Scarlett different from you? Well, um, so I do, I, I do a lot of female impersonation as well. Like I, but like the old school Queens, like, you know, that was their, like, they would go by their real name. Like they would be like Chris Edwards or they'd be like Eddie Barnett. But Eddie Barnett was known for only doing share. Like she's like the most popular share in Canada, pretty much. Well, at least in Ontario. And you know, she was in Toronto. She had a whole career of just doing share. And so that's kind of how like I kind of they taught me how to do drag was like 
find people that you like admire and that you look up to um that like mean something to you and kind of like try to imp- embody them and impersonate them and I definitely feel like that like shines through my drag a lot like I try to always be like my mom my mother I try to always be like you know pink pink's really badass and you know, but then I love being like, think of, I think of Marilyn Monroe because she was a big part of my life because my mom was a huge fan of hers. She's, she's, we've always had Marilyn Monroe photos everywhere. So that was kind of like my glamorous side. But then kind of Scarlett became this, its own character. Like, I feel like Scarlett's like a part of Maddie, but like she's got the balls to do everything that I don't. Interesting. <laughs> you, you, you know Interesting. I mean? like, <laughs> yeah. You, even though I tucked them away. Uh, <laughs> Maybe that's why. Maybe putting them back inside me like turns into a, turn makes it like my superhero or something. I get super strength. I don't know. Sure. But um, <laughs> but yeah, like I feel like I feel like Scarlet's just like more daring and more and more out there, more loud, and you know, and I feel like as Maddie, I could be like kind of an introvert sometimes, and sometimes I just want to like you know tuck away in the corner and like you know be at home with my dog and my fiance, and but um. But Bobo is like the big, loud, big in life. And the, so what's the hair? Like, what's I see when he's up with the makeup? And I throw the lashes on, the wig on. Then it cut, it's like history. Like, I'm just like, whoop. <laughs> totally just transforms. I was reading about, uh, about RuPaul because, you know, I started researching and then went down a complete rabbit hole with, uh, with RuPaul because uh, he, she, I, I'm not sure he's really chosen a a pronoun but but the quotes from from him from her are amazing i think one that i really loved was that we're all born naked and everything else is drag and maureen and i were talking about like i used to be an anchor on the news and i used to wear like false eyelashes and go into makeup and and like what's the difference really (laughs) honestly like that's your drag honey you know what i mean like that's your way of like putting on like kind of like you're like you're you're it's like your war paint right like and then and then you're gonna go take on the day and take on a job and take on whatever you do you know take on the news take on the world take on a stage you know so it's just like a heightened version of that really it's it's like to me drag like anyone could do drag and drag is in everybody you know what i mean everybody everybody on halloween like that's drag you know what i mean like dressing up is your favorite character or like your favorite you know what I mean? Like how many Jessica rabbits run around or Harley Quinn's run around during Halloween. Right. So it's kind of like, it is. Yeah. You know, we're all born naked and the rest is drag because everything can be drag and drag is everything. It's such a show. It's a, it's a spectacle. It's exciting. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just here to like promote happiness and love and, and acceptance. And, you know, you can find that in everything. You can, but this is okay. So taking a more serious note to this and you, somebody said, it might've been RuPaul because, you know, they're eminently quotable, but something to do with just putting on drag is being an activist. And yet you have found yourself taking this to the next level because what has happened, what has been happening over the last year or two, it goes back a little further, but now there's actual legislation in the States banning wearing drag anywhere where a child might see you. And here in Canada, of course, we'd have, we've had people protesting a drag queen story hour and you've been very involved with the NDP in passing. And it just seems so stupid that we need to pass a bill that will prevent uh, violence. Hate and, yeah. Yeah. And to prevent hate against, against drag queens. People from attacking us. It's, it's yeah. scary. 
So you're, you say that Maddie's an introvert, but Scarlett's the one who's going to get up there and fight. And Scarlett has gotten up there and is fighting. Tell, tell us about what you're doing. Yeah, well, I feel I've always been a, a an activist since I was younger. So, like my mom always taught me, just like everyone should feel loved and everyone should feel respected and safe. And and when I would see people from different minority groups, you know, struggle and not have the same things that I had, even me by being in like a minority group as well, I was just like, this isn't fair. Like, why? Why is it like this? Why can't it be like this? So I've always been just trying to do my part in changing the world a uh, little by little to you know be a happier safer place for myself and for for others for everybody everyone deserves a chance to feel and the opportunity to feel safe and respected and sorry you asked me how i still got started so i went i went on a rant <laughs> you know it's just how you got so you you did you approach um Kristen Wong Tam was the uh, was the one who thank was, you yes yes sponsored the bill yeah about making drag places safe performances safe yeah so my my fiance Peter Maragos he worked in politics for many 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 years as um, an executive assistant to one of the MPPs Hong Dong. and so through that I met him I met a bunch of political people through him. And then there'd be times where like, like the politics and dragon kind of cross over. Like I hosted like the annual AIDS walk and Mary John Tory was there and Kristen Wontam was there. And then so Peter started talking to Kristen and then Kristen's like, who's this? I'm like, oh, I'm Scarlett. I'm the host, but I'm also like, I'm also dating Peter. So it's, we've kind of like always mixed together. And, and I was never very political. I was always very, I was always like an activist, but Peter got me into politics and he knew Kristen. So he reached out to Kristen and because I was just going on and on about how all these bills are popping up and how it's just like seeing drag go from underground to mainstream and then like going backwards again is just like blowing my head apart. So he was like, I don't want to see like this. Like we're going to do something. We need to figure something out. And so he contacted Kristen's office and Kristen and Merritt Stiles met with us and we we had a big list of it was three pages long of all, every link and incident that's been going on in Canada and not in, in Canada sorry even in like the GTA and um yeah and so she brought up this bill and she said you know we've been sitting on this for a minute and we we we, we need some help pushing this out and I was like, okay, let's go. Let's, I want to do this. I want to be, see this happen. And, and it is a blanket bill, but it's just so the government can like say, we're helping you. Like, yes, we are going to protect you. If this is what it takes, like, you know, we, we baby steps, but the fact that we even need this at all is ridiculous. But yeah, I find it really but, strange. But you know, but you know, the, someone tried to burn down a library with children inside it. Yeah. Like, because because there was a drag story hour. Where was this? I think that was in Tennessee. Yeah. Like wow. that was that like this this sorry for my language, the shit is crazy. And it's like and we're not doing anything wrong. It's we're just existing and people are just so mad at us for nothing. Call it I've been called groomer, I've been called a pedophile on like social media and stuff, and it's just just like what like it's just it blows my mind 
I was really struck by, you know, you say that growing up in Ottawa, I mean, obviously your mom has been really supportive, which is amazing. <laughs> wants to wants to go party with you, which is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> she loves it. Yeah, but but that when you were growing up, like ten years ago, whatever, you still look young and uh, fresh, <laughs> <and> beautiful. <laughs> yeah, but that we basically gone back that you've like lost space that you've yeah you've lost respect and that um that before you used to feel free to well not free but you didn't and now you're you're terrified so what the hell is is going on yeah like i remember starting doing drag like 16 years ago and i like it was like in the basement, down the, you know, over the, down the hallway, like it was all the gay clubs were always in the basement or they were like tucked away in the alley or something. And it was all very underground. And oh my God, the amount of times I've been throwing beer bottles at me when I was younger because people would just not understand what this was. And then RuPaul's Drag Race came about and then, you know, it brought drag into like the light. It brought drag to, to during the day. <laughs> it brought drag to like mainstream media and TV. And then, you know, I'm touring around the world uh, doing drag and doing what I love to do. And I never, ever thought that that would ever happen. And now that it is like, that's cool. And I don't want to lose that, but I'm watching it. Like I'm watching us like revert and go backwards. And it's, it blows my mind. I cannot believe that we're like, we're actually like stepping backwards and we have to have these bills. It's like, we've been around forever on all your TVs and like billboards. And like, I've been in a billboard like three times, you know, Dunda has, you know, like, I'm like, what, why now? And, and I think it's, it's, it's a lot to do with this whole like Trump uh, mafia. And now these, the, the, they're just so angry for ever anything, you know, and they just, they just want everything to be, fucking boring and white and hetero and if you test that limit even a little bit that that's it you're a pedophile now you're a groomer you're this you're you oh no you're coming after our children like i think it's fear you know a racist a bigot a homophobe a transphobe they all are angry and anger comes from fear i mean i'm not gonna they're afraid of something and you know, there's that old trope that, oh, you're, you know, you're homophobic because you're probably homosexual. I don't, I don't even think it's that simple, although there may be some truth to that, you know, and you're afraid of attractions that you don't, that you, that are not social, that have not been socially condoned. Who knows what it is, but you're, you're, it is getting worse. Nobody really knows why. Uh, but it's, it's not just drag queens. It's the trans community. It's anybody who identifies as, as queer. It's anybody who has a child who's, queer and it's 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 terrible and it's a frightening frightening world for people who are different that's not a question that's just me up on a soapbox <laughs> yeah no it's, it's it's true and especially right now the trans community is under attack the most right now and it's then i think it stems from that it, now they're looking at drag queens and they're kind of putting everybody in one bubble like oh if you're a drag queen if you're trans if you're this you're all you're just evil 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 and they're not going to stop at all. So that's why we, you know, we need these legislations. We need these, th these terrible legislations to go away. We need these, these bills like, like Crystal Montana's bill to go through just so the government can say to us, like, we're, we're okay. Like, we're, you know what I mean? Because if, if not, 
then people are just going to, when these bills are getting passed, then it's just going to give people the sense of like, oh, see, we were right. They are bad. Look, now the government thinks they're bad. So now they have to be bad. Hey there. Uh, just so you know, Mo and I are not just the queens of podcasting. I'm not sure we're even that, but do go on. We're not part-time cowgirls. We just made that up. But we are writers. We're writers. Wendy and I write a newsletter on Substack. It's a weekly roundup of thoughts and experiences, sometimes serious, often not. Yeah, you're pretty funny. You, you write about falling down a lot. Uh, you write about your dog. I do. You write about sex and politics and COVID. All very, very serious things. We have a few thousand subscribers, both free and paid. And you could be one of them if you'd like. Just go to Substack.com. And look us up by name or go to our website at womenofillrepute.com and sign up there. We'd love to meet you there. And now back <laughs> to being the queens of podcasting. Yeah, sure. <laughs> the Women of Ill Repute. I'm really struck by sort of the the link in so many people's heads between sexuality, gender, drag queens, and and all of that and, and trans, trans people yeah it's not one community yeah and and all of this stuff about being a groomer or being a pedophile like where on earth like did we not get rid of of that that because it, it, it was such a false characteristic that was a, a trope that was assigned to gay men and and i thought we got rid of that but now it's back and it's applied to drag queens it's applied to to trans people the whole groomer pedophile thing and and I guess the whole story time thing is 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 huge in Ontario. And I just wonder, like I was looking for trying to find a quasi uh, intelligent statement from a protester who was bothered by the the story time thing with in in libraries. And it says uh, he, this protester says a drag queen is more appropriate for cabarets. It's up to parents to discuss sexuality with their children. Like, why does it always come back? to sex. And, 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 and what, what do you say to that person is like, no, don't, don't have, don't have a drag queen in the library. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Cause like, like a drag queen dressing up like a, a little mermaid or, 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 or bell, like a drag queen dressing up as a fake make believe character, reading books about fake things to children is not sexual at all. And, and, and the thing is, yes, parents should be the ones to talk to their kids about sexuality, but they don't. And the majority of parents don't, and they don't know how to, and they're not educated properly, and they just don't care enough to actually do what's right and talk to their children about this. And the the, the it's the parents that are bringing the kids to, uh, to our story times. Like, they're the ones booking these story times, and they're the ones organizing this. Making their choices. Making their choices. Yeah. Like they want their kids to hear something different. That's it's not just straight people. And somehow, somehow it all came down on us. And it's like, we didn't, we showed up for a gig. We showed up and, you know, and we read our books. It's just so crazy. It's how like some of these girls don't even get paid. They just do it out of the kindness of their heart and get up at the crack of dawn and throw on makeup to go read to other people's kids because they enjoy doing things in their community and it's just flipped around so much and yes like for instance my drag i usually do 
a cabaret show because my drag is more of an adult entertainment crowd. Do I have things for an all-ages crowd? Of course I do. I have my characters and my, my funny bits and stuff like that. But, you know, I choose to do that. But if if parents want to expose their children to love, acceptance, happiness, then let them. And that there is so there are so many amazing drag artists that frequent, you know, frequent story time hours or all ages drag brunches. And it's amazing. And they they love what they do and they they love the kids and, and the parents love it. The kids are happy. The kids get all dressed up in their little princess costumes and stuff. And I've done a couple all ages brunches and some of these kids like that have seen me on TV, like they go absolutely like bonkers. And it literally makes me cry. Like they're so adorable. And I just don't understand where this whole like where this hate came from. And 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 it's like, why do you care? It's not your kid. If, and I always keep saying, I keep saying to people, if you don't want to come, don't come. If you don't want to look at it, don't look at it. Like, then go home and leave us alone. That's we just want to be left alone. Like, like just literally go away. If you don't want your kid to be seeing that, then then don't. But if that parent it want it wants to show their kids this or that, like I'm pretty sure I watch movies. I wasn't. I should. I shouldn't have. When I was younger, you know, we've got we've got parents throwing their little kids in bikinis and makeup and fake hair to do beauty pageants, like, you know. And then you're, but then you're talking about sexualizing like children. It's like we're reading a storybook, you know. And if you don't like it, then leave it alone. That's not your kid. Why are you talking about someone else's kid for? Like it's weird. So is Canada bad? I like we hear about the there's the ban in Tennessee. Is Canada? It's getting quite bad. Yeah, they've definitely they've definitely started protesting. Um, they've been breaking windows. They've been shouting like awful things. Like when 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 everyone, out of libraries, they would when parents and their kids come out of the library, they just start yelling awful awful things in front of like young kids, like all like terrible slurs that like kids should never hear. It's like you're the ones endangering these children not the parents trying to like get them away from a crazy mob of, of angry men yelling at children. So are you scared again? Are you, cause as a kid you were. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm constantly looking over my shoulder now. And, but my mom put me in kickboxing when I was younger and I continue to do kickboxing. So I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I definitely, I definitely look over my shoulder all the time now and, and it's not a fun place to be in. It's like, and now like with the pulse shooting, the anniversary was just, uh, just two days ago. And uh, the anniversary of the pulse nightclub shooting, which was 49 of her brothers and sisters dead. And, you know, I'm scared and living in a I, two blocks up the street, there's a, a sign that says, we don't call the police, no trespassing with a gun on it. I'm like, well, cool. yeah, America, I know. like, this is Los Angeles, which is apparently, you know, more liberal than other places, but Yeah, and I'm in California, like, but now I have to now when I'm in a when I walk into a bar, I always look at my exits. I always look at where's my nearest exit? How can I get to an nearest exit? And sometimes I'm like paranoid and I'm like I will stand and dance and have my drink like by an exit. Like that's not the way that anyone should live their lives. And that's not fair. It's not fair. 
you know. Well, we thought everything was changing with RuPaul and and everybody else with the, the sort of mainstreaming of of it as as a as an art form. Basically. It is an art it's just form. a reality yeah. show with a bit more glitter, like really. But you're it's it's worse now. Yeah, but you know the good thing is I just said, I was just talking to the Globe and Mail about this. I said back then it was just us that were fighting for us, you know, and now. Now we have, we have you ladies, we have allies, we have so many other people that drag has, you know, shone on their lives and they, and just people have come up to you saying drag's changed my life, like straight women, straight men. Like, you know, I see dads with their little kids at drag, at drag con walking and their, their little kids are like, Oh my God, dad, dad, that's so-and-so, that's so-and-so. And it's adorable. So we, now there's more of us than there is them. Like there's more allies now. There's more people on our side. There's more people that will we will t- we'll take the time to listen to us and listen to what we have to say. And I think that's super important that we we're stronger together, you know, unity in the community and our community is bigger and, and more colorful now with, with so many, so many allies from other minority groups, so many straight allies. It's, it's, it's changing. That's the world is still changing. That's what pride pride has accomplished. A lot of that. Hey, can we ask you some, as a couple of, you know, nice, white, middle-aged, cisgendered ladies, can we, can we ask you Is a couple- this about eyelashes? I hope this is not about yeah. eyelashes. <laughs> no, it is a couple of things. How long does it take you to do a full makeup? If I'm taking my time, probably like two hours. Like from like, that's from like start to finish, like, like with my wig on and, and, and like with my outfit on. So I guess probably like an hour and a half of my makeup. I could do it. I could do it quickly. Like I could do like a quick half an hour phase if I'm late or if I, if I need to. But yeah, usually I like to take my time because I like to like be it all. So usually about like an hour and a half, I think. Two hours from like shaving to like ready to leave the door. Uh, when do you jump in anytime? So where do you where do you shopping? Where am I shopping for clothes? Yeah. Well, you're in LA now. So. Uh huh. Well, a lot of my clothes are custom, so I get a lot of my clothes from like custom designers. Like I work with Jeff Christensen from Toronto uh, a lot. I like work with Howie B from LA. Uh, but that, but then we at Santi Alley, we have Santi Alley in LA and it's like drag heaven. Like you can get like, like 12 pairs of lashes for like $10. It's, <laughs> I'm not kidding. It's, I'm like, you, you can get like the craziest, craziest shiny glitter hooker boots for like 30 bucks. <laughs> so, wow. So I love, we love me some Santi Alley. <laughs> okay. I'll make a note. So um, I hate, I can't wear high heels. Um, can you run in them? Cause you might have to. Oh yeah. I can run in them. They're, they're, I call, I, some of my shoes I call my running heels because like I, I, I will be clumsy, like walking around like in my flat shoes, but then once I'm in a heel. Wow. That's a real skill right there. I can wear high heels when I was younger. Yeah, I could too. Yeah. I could too. I could run. I remember Sarah Jessica Parker said her Manolos are like slippers. I'm like, really? I don't know if yeah. I buy that. But yeah, I used to be able to wear them, you know, all night. Now forget about it. Uh, who are you? Who are your inspirations? Aside from Marilyn Monroe, sounds like uh, in drag, but in general, Tiffany Marilyn, my mom, Pink, uh, the artist Pink. I love comic books. I love uh, I love Sailor Moon. All those girls really get me going, inspire me. I love Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn's probably my favorite character. She's wacky and crazy, but nice, but psycho, but bad. <laughs> I like, I, I like, all, I like strong women. I, I like 
you know, seeing like strong figures in pop culture, Beyonce, for instance, you know, just someone that fearless women of pop culture, you know, really inspire me. And you're getting married. Yes. I was supposed to be married in May 2020, and that didn't happen. That's a COVID thing? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. My son was supposed to be married. Yeah, yeah it was a COVID thing. Yeah. And then when we tried to plan our wedding, I went on tour for like, we both went on tour for like almost a year. We were all out touring around the world. So then we uh, put, kept push, pushing it back, pushing it back, pushing it back. But now we're just debating going to Vegas. <laughs> what, no party? Oh, we're going to have a party. But I'm think, what I'm thinking like, I'm thinking of just like, why don't we just like go do it in Vegas? And then like, instead of having to plan a wedding, we can just plan like a big party back home in Toronto with all of our friends rather than like, I don't know. We're figuring it out. What's better then? Is it, is it, cause you used to live in Toronto, I think, right? You grew up in Ottawa and now you're in LA. Yeah. For 13, 13 years I, grew, I was living in Toronto and then I spent three years in Vancouver. Yeah. So, I mean, wh- why did you leave us? <laughs> well, yeah. Where, where, where are you? Where, where are you ladies? We're in Toronto. Cool. Cool. Um, yeah, I, I got my work visa. And as soon as my work visa came in, I got like, whoa, my God, I can go work at the States. And I got really excited. And and uh, I've been coming to LA for 10 years. And um, the last couple of years have been really, really good for me here. Definitely, I think, because of the show. Canada's drag race, you mean? Yeah, really, really, really shot me up in my career. And then all these opportunities for me were, were popping up in LA. And I've got a couple of really good friends here. And a nice core group of people. So it kind of just felt like I've done everything in Toronto for 13 years. I took over Vancouver for three years. And then I went back to Toronto for about like eight months, a year. And I wanted to see like if I wanted to do Toronto again. And it just wasn't the same. And everything felt the same. Everything felt like I've done this. And I felt like I was repeating myself. And honestly, uh, Hollywood was the next like thing it was the next natural step for me to to push myself and and to to do something scary and now I'm living in Hollywood (laughs) (laughs) and you're a superstar well yeah yeah no it's lovely to see you and um this is pride month happy pride thank you you too yeah so it's pride I didn't realize that it was it was all like everyone's heard of the raids um Stonewall which was what 50, 55 years ago. But that's why it's in June. I didn't realize because the, the parades are all different months depending on which city you tend to live in. It's also a good month for Pride, you know, because the weather's nice. And I know. Do you know what's crazy? Is it, is, it has been gray all of June. Oh, in, really? In, in LA. And I'm like, I thought I moved to LA. Where is the sun? <laughs> what is going on here? I think you've brought it, uh, Maddie. Thank you so much for talking to us yeah. Thank and you. finding the time. Good luck with everything, and let's hope that the uh, the world reopens to 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 anybody who wants to be themselves. And it will, it will. Mark my words, it will. Yeah, you promise. <laughs> right. Thank you so much. <laughs> yes, and honestly, thank you for taking the time to talk with me and and shining a light on these issues. It's really important to have allies like you both. Yeah, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, she was lovely. <laughs> 
But that's what we say about everybody. She, she was, was lovely. lovely. Yeah, <laughs> she was lovely. Although she didn't appear as a she, she appeared as a they. I wasn't sure, you know, because it's a lot of work putting on the, the wig and the eyelashes and, and everything. But uh, but yeah, she, Matthew, uh, Maddie, uh, Scarlet Bobo, they. I think Matthew is the Maddie. Maddie is they and Scarlet is she. Uh, but they are, uh, you know, like we said off the top, wow, you're a really cute guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who, who was sometimes a drag queen, often yeah. a drag queen. And I'm so glad that, that their mom is has been so supportive. I mean, that's so cool. I mean, I some of the best times I had were in gay clubs, but uh, yeah. my kid, well, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But uh, but it, w- it was so lovely to hear that he hasn't, she hasn't, they haven't had that. They haven't had that battle. No, no. And uh, I think that's really important. I mean, I don't, I understand. I know that there are a lot of people out there who reject their children if they're they're if they are trans or or and I can't even imagine. I mean, I have two sons; they happen to uh, you know be straight, uh, but I can't imagine ever having a problem if they were anything but. And and uh, and Maddie's such a such a lovely person, so I'm really glad that they have a wonderful mom and lots of fans and a wonderful fiance and. And a fantastic career, and well, it doesn't sound like being a runner-up on the uh, on Canada's Drag Race has uh, has hurt them at all. Because not yeah. at all, not not at all. Um, no, they're pretty happy, and uh, and and getting married. A lovely bride. <laughs> I know. Well, I'm going to call up the mom and see if we can get invited. Yeah, that would be cool. It'd be in Toronto. Women of Ill Repute was written and produced by Maureen Holloway and Wendy Mesley with the help from the team at the Sound Off Media Company and producer Yet Belgraver. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many rogues that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com.